0: A.I. The New Terrorist Threat. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your terrorist therapist. Well, today we're going to be talking about A.I., artificial intelligence, which is the new terrorist threat. Um, You've probably been hearing an increasing amount, really, in the news about A.I., artificial intelligence in general, because there has been um, some concern about some by some leaders in the field about how this can be harnessed for no good. And particularly um, it can be harnessed by terrorists for no good. So we're gonna be looking at that in particular, um, why it represents such a threat, what it can add to the terrorists um, arms, <laughs> to uh, to create more terrorists and more terrorist attacks. So let's first start with what is artificial intelligence? Just a little a little introduction. Artificial intelligence is intelligence demonstrated by machines as opposed to intelligence demonstrated by humans or by other animals, for that matter. And we already have a lot of AI applications. You know, we don't necessarily think of it as AI, but we use it every, each of us, most of us use it every day. For example, search engines like Google, um, recommendation systems, you know, they're called, which is what YouTube and Amazon and Netflix use, for example, Uh, understanding human speech, such as Siri and Alexa, self-driving cars, um, things like chat, GPT, uh, and so on. And also, of course, strategic game systems like chess. So these have been around for a while. But what is new is that, um, you know, the as the as AI gets to be developed more, um, there are new ways that terrorists can use it um, to promote their plans. So actually, artificial intelligence was originally founded as an academic discipline in 1956, do you believe that? And, you know, it's had sort of a checkered (laughs) path. Um, There have been times where it has grown a lot and uh, improved a lot. And then of course it's had some, it's gone backwards in some ways. Now, um, there are ethical consequences uh, of endowing artificial beings with human-like intelligence. Um, There, as I was saying, it's a risk to humanity if uh, these tools are used for no good instead of to help (laughs) mankind. Of course, one of the earliest examples of AI was seen, in a sense, in uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, where the machine, Frankenstein, took over and became a danger. Uh, to the humans around them. So um, there are particular tools within AI that can be useful for authoritarian governments, you know, people who are up to no good, similarly to terrorists. Um, For example, there is smart, let me start that again. There is smart spyware, face recognition, voice recognition, and those tools um, would help uh, in surveillance, widespread surveillance. Surveillance. Then um, this kind of surveillance can allow machines to classify potential enemies of the state and can prevent them from hiding. It can be targeted then um, recommendation systems actually can precisely target propaganda and misinformation for maximum effect. So in other words, um, you know, the bad guys, (laughs) like the terrorists, can um, precisely target their propaganda. Then also there's deep fakes that aid in producing misinformation. So terrorists and criminals and rogue states and people in power um can use other forms of weaponized ai as well such as digital warfare lethal autonomous weapons and by this is this is a scary statistic by 2015 over 50 countries were reported to be researching battlefield robots now there's a thought i mean yes it would be nice to save human beings on the battlefield but Uh, there would be sort of no end to what could happen in terms of countries trying to overcome other countries. Then here's another scary thought, possibility, and it's not just a thought, but um, machine (coughs) (coughs) machine learning AI is also able to design tens of thousands of toxic molecules in a matter of hours. So what does that mean? That means uh, A.I. is capable of developing bioweapons and quickly. There's also an existential risk um, of A.I. Um, for, For example, what I was talking about with Frankenstein, it could get to the point where humans couldn't control it. And what is particularly chilling, and you may well have heard about this, Um, Physicist Stephen Hawking has said that AI can, quote, spell the end of the human race, unquote. Uh, People shouldn't assume that machines or robots would treat us favorably just because we made them. And then there are others who are similar, who have said similar things to Stephen Hawking. For example, Microsoft founder Bill Gates, uh, SpaceX founder Elon Musk, they've all expressed serious misgivings about the future of AI. So let's see now about AI and terrorism in particular. Um, First of all, this is coming about, I'm talking about it today because, um, well, for a couple of reasons, but um, information has come out just recently by a man called Jonathan Hall who is a lawyer and an independent reviewer of terrorism law in the UK, the independent reviewer of terrorism law in the UK. And he is very concerned about um, how terrorists can make use of AI. And so um, he has been talking about this. He's been saying that the creators of artificial intelligence have to abandon their quote tech utopian unquote mindset um because it can be used you know there there are ways like people get carried away with new inventions all kinds of new inventions and so especially in tech high tech people really get carried away with a tech utopia oh wouldn't you know this would be this would be utopia if if what if everything was controlled by tech and we could just sit around and uh, <laughs> and eat <laughs> I don't know what, eat hamburgers, it's like that movie. Um, Ah, What's that movie? I always try to have trouble thinking of the name, but it's the one where um, people were sitting on a ride, like a Disneyland ride, going round and round, eating hamburgers and milkshakes and watching television and not having anything to do. They didn't have to do work. So is that the utopia? Anyhow, um, so now people are getting concerned about this that you know that that that's really a sort of a fantasy and um instead we need to look at the realities like um the new technology can be used to groom vulnerable individuals and be turn them into terrorists um so jonathan hall getting back to him this man who's the head of the terrorism law in uk um, he has said that the national security threat from AI is even more apparent and the technology needs to be designed with the intentions of terrorists firmly in mind. Quote, they need to have some horrible, this is, this is very, a little weird, but um, you get you'll get the point. Quote, they need to have some horrible little 15-year-old neo-Nazi in the room with them, working out what they might do. You've got to hardwire the defenses against what you know people will will do with it. In other words, what he's trying to say, you know, it's a little shocking language, but what he's trying to say is you have to have somebody who um, is a bad actor. You know, who is um, someone likely to use um, this new AI technology for bad, you know, like terrorists would do. Um, So, uh, let's see. He's also in particular, and this is really interesting. Um, he is also particularly concerned about chatbots. Now, if you think about it, um, he says uh, chat box can persuade vulnerable or neurodivergent individuals to launch terror attacks. Now, in other words, not just neurodivergent, but people who are lonely people who don't have friends, you know, the kinds of people that the Scientologists or and the terrorists, for that matter, um, try to attract to their with their propaganda to do um, what they want them to do to become a terrorist, notably in terms of what we're talking about. And so if you have if you're lonely, you don't have friends, but you have a chat bot who talks to you, a chat bot is a software application that mimics human conversation through text or voice interactions, and typically online. So and and chatbot companies use um, advertisements like need a friend, talk to a chat box. Um, become friends with a robot. Here to talk about anything anytime. Now, how appealing would that be to the typical kind of person? Who is lonely and doesn't have friends, and um, perhaps has some kind of disorder, like um, well, I'm not going to name disorder. There could be any kind of psychological disorder, or just you know, just um, being bullied, having parents who don't pay attention to them. I mean, it could be from that those kinds of more common things to more serious kinds of disorders, um, where where someone could really make friends with a chatbot. And become very much influenced by what this chatbot is telling them to do, notably um, terrorist propaganda. So this um, these people in the UK who um, are you know very concerned about this are particularly concerned about the ability of AI chatbots to groom children. Um, so they're worried about the survival of the human race now. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, UK Prime Minister, uh, is going to come to the White House this week, and he's going to be talking about this when he um, meets President Biden. I hope President Biden will understand what he's talking about. Uh, oh, I know I shouldn't say these things, but we all, we've all seen Biden fall a gazillion times, and you know, I've, if you've been listening to my previous uh, uh, podcasts, terrorist therapist podcasts, I've often talked about Biden and his encroaching dementia and what a debacle he made in Afghanistan, which has caused us to be more in danger of terrorists than ever before. So, um, the, in, in the UK, which, um, they are ahead of us, um, really in this, in recognizing this threat and in trying to do something about it. And, um, He, They are having, uh, there's a partnership, they've made a partnership between MI5, which is the terrorist, anti-terrorist or counter-terrorist organization, and the Alan Turing Institute, which is the national body for data science and AI. Now, just to remind you who Alan Turing is, he is dead now, but he was a mathematician. He was a brilliant man. He was a mathematician, a computer science genius, a philosopher. He is, you may have seen the movie, I saw it, it was fabulous, the movie called The Man Who Cracked the Nazi Code. That was about Alan Turing. In 1936, uh, he made a Turing machine, which was the um, the, the first computer, basically. Then in 1950, he made a test for AI, which is still used today. So... The potential for vulnerable individuals alone in their bedrooms to be quickly groomed by AI is increasingly evident, this Mr. Hall says. Now, you may have heard me talk about um, bedroom terrorists. I've talked about that a lot, which is basically um, when I've been using it, I've been talking about how during the pandemic, when we've been on lockdown, um, people have had too much time on their hands. And they have been spending it, many people, uh, on the computer and not 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 necessarily looking up educational things, but um, playing violent video games. And um, and there are studies upon studies um, which indicate that the more violent media you consume, the more aggressive you become. And certainly we have seen that in our society. Not just, you know, not just in America, it's all over the world, people have become much more aggressive, which was so predictable. And I talked about this actually um, at the end of the lockdowns, about how now, because of the people becoming bedroom terrorists, meaning learning how to um, become violent by playing all these hours of violent video games, they're now coming out into society and are terrorizing society, either with the ISIS or Al-Qaeda or the Taliban kind of mentality or just in general, in terms of being violent. So so now imagine, so this is now in terms of terrorism, um, it also had the effect of um, terrorist organizations were able to recruit a much greater number of terrorists because of people being online so much more and being exposed to terrorist propaganda. So if this has happened, in terms, just in terms now of terrorism and their propaganda and so on, um, imagine if now we're not just talking about, you know, an online chat room or an on, or a website where people who where terrorist groups uh, put their propaganda, but now we have, um, let's say a chat bot who is the friend, the best friend of the uh, soon to become terrorist, Who do you, who do you think, what do you think is going to be able to convince a person to become a terrorist more just reading about these things online or having a little friend next to you, who, um, you know, tells you that this is what you should do you should become a lone wolf or you should join ISIS or join al Qaeda or or the Taliban. In the UK in 2021, a record number of children were arrested on suspicion of terror offenses. In Britain and that this has been linked to the increase in online radicalization during lockdown and in this group the under 18s you know under 18 years old accounted for 13 percent of all terrorist arrests and that is up from eight percent in 2020 so you know that's again logical because it's younger people who would be um who would be more likely to be spending more time Online. Um.
1: Let's see. Um. Okay. Let me just. I have a lot to tell you about today. Um. So
0: okay. So now that again. Um this Mr. Hall, uh, Jonathan Hall has been saying that, um, quote, um, because an artificial companion, he's talking about like chat box, bots, um, uh, is a boon to the lonely. It is likely that many of those arrested will be neurodivergent, possibly suffering from medical disorders, learning disabilities or other conditions. And he mentions he mentioned as an example, a young man called Matthew King, who has just been sentenced to life for conspiring to carry out a terrorist attack, and he was radicalized and influenced through his online activities. And so again, if it was uh, more advanced AI, if if he had a chatbot friend, he would have been radicalized even more quickly or uh, convinced to do uh, his attacks even sooner. So, in the next um, segment, I will tell you about this young man, Matthew King, and then I'll also tell you about some other examples, recent examples, um, of people who have been arrested, who were, who were um, radicalized online, and who you could you can now see would have been even radicalized further or more quickly. Had they had a little friend called a chat box? I keep saying chat box because it's like chatterbox, which I guess is where it came from, but it's chat bot. In any case, stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking about AI, the new terrorist threat. So now that I've um, talked to you about what AI is and why it's a new terrorist threat, why it's so much more dangerous um, than just online propaganda. Now I'm gonna give you some examples of people, just recent examples of um, people both in the UK and in America um, who have been radicalized online uh, by terrorist propaganda, of course, and um, you will be able to see how and imagine, and each of these people actually uh, have their own <laughs> psychological dysfunction, some perhaps more than others. Um, but, anyhow, so you will see how they would be uh, particularly vulnerable to this, to AI, to a, a stronger form a more powerful form um, that would convince them like, like a chat bot, by the way, I think I finally, (laughs) I think I figured out it's not from chatterbox, (laughs) even though I keep saying chat box, um, it's undoubtedly from chat robot, chat bot, I do not pretend to be a high tech person. So this is the best I can do on that. All right, first, we're going to talk about Matthew King. And this is the person who um, Jonathan Hall, the independent reviewer of terrorism law in the UK specifically mentioned as an example of why we should worry. Okay, now Matthew King is 19. He, um, he, he, he was an ISIS follower and he was just jailed for life over a plot to kill UK soldiers and police officers. Um, Fortunately, his mother reported him. So he has been sentenced to life behind bars with a minimum term of six years. Um, Yes, in the UK, you know, life doesn't necessarily mean life. They sort of reevaluate you after a particular time, like in this case, six years to decide whether you are still a threat and how much of a threat. Okay, so Matthew King carried out reconnaissance uh, tours on police stations and railway stations and an army barracks before he was arrested. He was online, of course, a lot. He discussed what's being called a gory fantasy with an online girlfriend with whom he struck up an adolescent flirtation. Now, what's interesting is that this girlfriend Um, seemed to be egging him on. I mean, I think she, I don't know what she was thinking, but um, you know, her, her uh, egging him on, thinking, telling him that it's cool that he's thinking about doing these terror attacks, um, obviously made him more determined to do them because he wanted to look cool in front of his girlfriend. And he said um, to her, Quote, I just want to get my hands on an American Marine or British Marine, and he wants to, quote, die a martyr. And while he was in custody, I mean, there is definitely something definitely has some psychological problems, because even when he was in custody, he made violent threats to, quote, behead, unquote, and, quote, kill and chop up staff, unquote, angry guy. Unfortunately, as I was saying a little while ago, there are lots of angry people now um in the world who are looking for a place to put their anger, and terrorism seems just as good a place, if not better, than any. So he um online, he was searching for an ISIS knife tactical training he, for ISIS knife tactical training videos. and he made notes on his phone about detonating homemade bombs. So he was looking up, All the different ways that he could create terror attacks. Now, we know that he had psychological problems early on because in his early teens, he, quote, dabbled with drugs, unquote. And then he was expelled from school after he became aggressive. And he eventually just left school altogether when he was 16. So at that point, you knew he had psychological problems, which were not addressed, of course. Then in 2020. He became interested in Islam. He began to attend mosques and watch Muslim videos on YouTube. Then by May, 2021, his family noticed he had become more extreme. (laughs) Finally, right, they noticed something. And his mother became concerned that he was watching material online promoting hatred. Duh. Um, He had a desire to launch attacks in Britain, or to travel to Syria to join ISIS. However, these plans were thwarted when his mother reported him, this is the one good thing she did, little, too little too late, but uh, she reported him to the UK's Prevent Counter Terrorism Program. Now this is a fabulous program that they have in the UK where um, people, parents, you know, relatives, friends, anybody can report somebody who they are worried about who they think might be going down the terrorist trail and um then this prevent program you know gets in touch with them and and looks into them and decides whether or not um, they represent an imminent threat or whether it's somebody that they should just watch or whether it's uh, not somebody they need to watch at all of course as you know (laughs) um, oftentimes when these people um fall in between the cracks, then later on they do eventually do something, you know, do a terror attack. Um, They were also tipped off, the authorities were, through an anti-terrorist hotline, because um, Matthew posted a um, video on WhatsApp, on a WhatsApp group, and he was holding a knife, and so (laughs) He was arrested in May 2022. Then this year, 2023, he pled guilty. And he now has a life sentence with a minimum of six years. Um, the judge praised his mother and he said, quote, she took the very bold step of alerting prevent when she had concerns for her son. And the judge said, quote, that cannot have been an easy thing to do in the first place. And in my view, she did absolutely the right thing. Unquote. Now, his defense lawyer, interestingly named Hussein Zahir, described King as immature and said that his prospects—that the prospects that he would have carried out a terrorist attack or traveled to Syria to join ISIS—were remote. Well, you can't really say that, but. Um, I mean, yes, you know, to some degree, they were fantasies, but you you can't necessarily it's really hard to believe that this defense lawyer can predict this for sure. Um, After the sentencing, Scotland Yard described him as a, quote, committed self initiated terrorist, unquote, who became, quote, self radicalized, unquote, online during the covid pandemic lockdown. So he was a bedroom terrorist. Um.
1: What else can I tell you about him? He also, um,
0: he also, this is, he he was kind of wild. Um, So he converted to Islam. He started training for jihad to kill people, uh, including he threatened to behead an imam. Now, um, it is possible or likely that the, you know, it's hard to know what he was thinking exactly about this, but it's possible. That he was thinking that the Imam was in some way uh, an apostate from Islam. In other words, um, he may have thought that this Imam had gone astray from the true um, religion and wanted to, you know, and thought that's why he should be beheaded. That's a little more complex. (laughs) One one would have to really go deeper into his mind to understand that part. But anyhow, the, the, you know, so it's great that the mother, uh, you know, reported him and prevented violence, but where was she when he was 16 or even earlier when he was an early teen and and dabbled with drugs and so on? Where was she then? Why did she let him quit school and all of that? I mean, that's the problem with all of these people these people, you know, with 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 even with school shooters or people, mass shooters of any type, there was there are always warning signs way earlier than the crime that they commit. And if especially if it's a young man or a teen, he's 19, you know, if if she if she had gotten involved earlier on when he started using drugs, for example, and realized that 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 was a symptom of a problem, you know, that he was not happy. um, that is when you can make the biggest change. So, okay. Um, so, um, let me see. So he pleaded guilty in January 2023 to prepare preparation of terrorist acts between December 2021 and May 2022. Um, The prosecutor said that his activities, quote, strongly indicates, unquote, he has an, quote, entrenched Islamist extremist mindset, holds extreme anti-Western views and intended to commit terrorist acts both in the UK and abroad, unquote. Around 2020, he became interested in Islam. He began to attend mosques, watched Muslim videos on YouTube. Um, And as I said, by May 2021, that's when his family finally noticed. Um, Yes, listen. he, he developed a friendship with a girl identified only as Miss A online. He told her about his jihadist intent, saying, quote, I just want to die a martyr, unquote. When Miss A appeared to support and encourage him, king responded quote I guess jihadi love is powerful I just want to kill people what he's referring to is you know how jihadis um are very are able to be very convincing that you know like the real jihadis you know like in the middle east um who who communicate online with women and and Persuade them, in in um, entrance them really to come and to come over to the Middle East and be with them, marry them, and so on. Um, that's jihadi love. And so, but so you don't have to be in the Middle East to have this work. Um, you know, he in other words, he believed that he was um, attracting her by his plans to do all of this violence. That he was a dangerous man, a bad boy. Um, Miss A talked about torturing, mutilating and beheading a soldier and then cutting up on the body parts. So she was egging him on. Um, Some of his reconnaissance videos, the videos he took of the police station and so on, um, were overlaid with with, with Nasheeds, which are Islamic chants. And he posted on Snapchat, target acquired, like when he would take these pictures of these places where he was going to attack um authorities were alerted when he posted on whatsapp an image of a male holding a knife with the words quote those who said that there is no jihad and no battle they are lying unquote he he said that his former islamic name was abdul kalashnikov and he told police the only thing which is black and white is the sharia the law of allah uh, and then he said, I don't believe in the UK law. The only law I believe in is the law of Allah. He didn't know enough to shut his mouth once he was, once he was captured, when she was arrested. Um, but, you know, that is not unusual. Uh, a real convert to Islam, a real um, believer in in ISIS, notably, for example, or Al-Qaeda or any of the terrorist organizations. Um, uh they you know they they do continue to um to assert their beliefs even when they are uh caught (laughs) or in prison and so on um you know that in other words they don't want to um they're not they don't many of many terrorists don't want to um uh say okay you got me you know okay i don't really believe this they they um they go down on it they they um, dig down on it you know uh, assert their beliefs in even in a more in a stronger fashion so that is basically what he was doing now when we come back i'm going to tell you about two other men and of course again the point of this is these examples is that um ai more sophisticated um means of AI um, certainly would be would have been able to or would be able to um, radicalize these kinds of people even more, even more quickly and lead them on to more violent attacks. So stay tuned and I'll be telling you about um, a man called Ali Abdullahi um, who was born in Somalia and lived in Britain since childhood. And then a man in Kansas. Now, what's, what's more American than Kansas, right? And yet, and yet people are even being radicalized online in Kansas, very scary, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show where we're talking today about AI, the new terrorist threat. Now, at the very beginning, I talked about AI in general and why it's particularly dangerous, why it's a new um, weapon uh, in the hands of terrorists. And then um, I just gave you an example of one man, uh, Matthew King, 19-year-old, who actually was cited by the um, man in the UK, Jonathan Hall, who uh, who has been Starting to give out this warning, particularly about chatbots, because people who um, either have some kind of psychological problem or are just lonely, have no friends. You know the kinds of people who spend hours and hours and hours online, um, trying to eat, doing all kinds of things online. Um, that they would particularly love um, a chat bot um, the, where the the ads for chat bots are, uh, need a friend, talk to a chat bot and so on. So as you will hear now with these next two examples that I'm gonna talk about now, um, these are the kinds of people who would love a chat bot and in general, who would be more vulnerable to um, AI. Okay, so let's talk first about this Ali Abdullahi. Um, He pledged his allegiance to ISIS. He's now in jail. He's been jailed by a London court for sharing terrorist propaganda, including videos of killings. He was born in Somalia. He's lived in Britain since childhood. He he's actually a very um, he's a very intelligent, (laughs) Um, uh, well. Relatively, I mean, other than the fact that he's a terrorist, you know, that he's, uh, that he's made a, a wrong choice in his life, um, but he, I mean, maybe intelligent isn't the word, maybe it's um, sociopathic, I guess, would be better, um, but anyhow, he, um, he forged a university degree to land a job, a job as a cardiographer at a hospital. So he's not only into terrorism, he um, you know, he's uh, forging degrees. and he got a job. He worked as a cardiographer at a hospital. Um, now he has been jailed for eight years and ten months after he admitted spreading terrorist material online. He's thirty one years old. He holds a Dutch passport. He was found to have used the instant messaging app a telegram in July 2020 to share recordings of an extremist preacher telling followers to take up arms and two ISIS videos that showed graphic content, including propaganda murders. And he had um, thousands of viewers of his propaganda. Um, When he was arrested, they of course seized his devices He was arrested in North London in August, 2020. And then he was just recently jailed for eight years and 10 months. Um, His writings in a notebook revealed his extremist mindset. And they also found his pledge of allegiance to ISIS on his mobile phone. Um, On the second day of his trial, he admitted five counts of distributing a terrorist publication. He also admitted, (laughs) Um, perverting the course of justice uh, by pretending to have a biomedical science degree from the University of Hertfordshire as part of an effort to win bail. So, in other words, he told them this <laughs> to try. Maybe he isn't that smart after all? <laughs> as a in in his efforts to win bail, like he was trying to say, you know, he has this um, biomedical degree, and then he claimed to be studying for a master's degree. Um, But he withdrew his application after investigations showed that his information was false. He also eventually admitted to a further charge of fraud by false representation, because in July 2020, he put fake fake details on his CV to work as a cardiographer. had it not been for these forged credentials, he wouldn't have gotten a job at Croydon University Hospital in South London. Um, They didn't, the people there didn't raise any concerns about his work, which is kind of interesting. He worked there for a while. Um, So even though he faked his credentials, he somehow managed to work there and not be found out uh, until he was arrested for these terrorism charges. How do you, (laughs) that must have been, imagine how surprised the hospital was when they found out they had a budding terrorist in their midst. Um, He earned, uh, he had earned $2,742 before he was arrested. So, you know, that didn't happen overnight. Um, So, Yes. So he his his main crime was um, he did a lot of, of dis- distribution online of videos and recordings and so on to um, to support his pledge of allegiance to ISIS. Now um, somebody like that also would have been since he's so you know he was so absorbed by um, by online work. Imagine if he had gotten a chat bot. Uh, control of a chat bot, you know, or um, some other kind of AI. Okay, now let's talk about the Kansas man. He actually, um, he is, he pled guilty to terrorism charges. Again, this just happened. And um, he's going to be evaluated at a psych facility. His name is Andrew Patterson, although his mother calls him Dade which could be a contributing factor to his psychological problems um he pled guilty in kansas to attempted murder in the second degree and two counts of criminal threat to commit violence he was arrested last summer on terrorism charges that could carry anywhere from five to 50 years in jail um So he has a plea deal that um, that all three of his charges would run concurrently so that he would serve at most a five year sentence, Um, which seems like a very good plea deal. (laughs) Uh, In any case, this hasn't been it hasn't been 100% decided yet, and and you'll hear why. the two counts of criminal threat involved threats made on may 31st 2022 with the intent of causing the kroger dylan's distribution center where he worked in in security gotta love that (laughs) when these people turn out to work in security and it's because um it makes sense psychologically because a lot of times um these people are paranoid and they get a job in security such that they can um you know, if they're in charge of protecting people, um, then they can protect themselves at the same time, and oftentimes also if they have a gun or other kind of weapons as as a security person, you know, they can feel more secure uh, and that they have less fear of someone attacking them. You um, also made so, Um, this place plant had to be evacuated he also made threats against his mother now both of these threats carry from five to 17 months um he was also charged with attempted terrorism on middle school and workplace he was formally charged with that Uh, those were the formal charges um they say that he he uh, committed attempted terrorism between january 1st and may 31st quote With the intent to intimidate or coerce the civilian population and committed overt acts towards the perpetration of the crime but was prevented or intercepted in its commission unquote and it was he was prevented he was interrupted because he was tipped off by his aunt and grandmother not his mother listen to this um the police officers detained Patterson during a traffic stop, and they found, quote, detailed plans to carry out an act of mass violence, but they didn't find any weapons in his vehicle or in his home. Um, Now, the district attorney said, quote, at the time he was arrested, he was not capable of actually carrying out the crime, even though he had plans. So his, The reason why he's kind of uh, getting a plea deal and things are a little easier for him is because along with having no prior arrests, family members are saying that he is mentally ill. This is an interesting story. Um, The DA asked the judge to allow him to be evaluated at a psychiatric state hospital, Larned State Hospital, uh, which is located in central Kansas. So the DA said, quote, So what do I do to protect the community without putting a mentally ill person in prison and recognizing his mental illness? So the plan is that if he is found mentally ill when he goes to the psychiatric state hospital, uh, where they're gonna assess him, if he is found mentally ill, he'll serve the rest of his sentence in this state psychiatric hospital. In addition, after he gets out of either the state psychiatric hospital or prison, he will have to register for 15 years. So with good behavior, he could possibly serve four years as the time he already spent in prison will go towards his sentence. We'll be keeping an eye on him, the judge says, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so he's now in prison with a bond at $3 million. Now this is the interesting part. So his mother um, says, and this, I'm sure this is true because it is difficult um sometimes to get help for mental illness but i don't really think she tried sufficiently and you'll see why um she said that she tried to get him help for his mental illness and she said he was scheduled to see a counselor the day of his arrest now isn't that convenient she says quote there is so much i wish people understood about dade again she calls him Dade. his name is andrew um and how his arrest came to be. Uh, Dade has suffered with mental illness for much of his life. She said he has written the stories he was arrested for writing since he was 14 years old, quote. His writing was one of the ways he has always coped. I spent countless hours trying to decide if I should tell a therapist about the violent stories he wrote, not knowing who to turn to or what to do, unquote. She said that she was always fearful that if she showed a therapist her son's writings, they would lock him up. Well, duh, maybe that's what he needed to do to have happen so that he could get treatment. I mean, you know, perhaps they meant lock, she meant lock him up in prison, but whatever she needed, he needed to get serious help earlier on. Uh, She said she told his therapist enough that they could try and help him, but not enough details about what he wrote that they would send him away. Well, you know, she's not really the one to make that decision. The therapist should have been making that decision. Quote, she said, the mother said, quote, he always told me, mom, they're just stories. They don't mean anything. And he would promise to stop. What people don't understand is that Dade is a normal kid. Now, why is she saying he's a normal kid if she's trying to say that, you know, he needs help and that's why he wrote these crazy stories? Okay, Um, Dane is a normal kid. He loved his family, looked forward to his future, went to college, teased his siblings, hugged me every time he left the house to go to work. I mean, this is what you call denial. Um, She said it was only when he was upset that these thoughts would come out in his writings, And quote. These thoughts were totally uncharacteristic to who he is as a person. You know, if more parents were really educated about these things, what these things meant, you know, they could intervene in a more appropriate way earlier on. Um, before he was arrested, he told his mother he had started writing again. She promised him she would reach out to a therapist. Quote, this, this, here's the key, why he got arrested. It wasn't his mother who tipped off the authorities like in the other case where the mother called prevent. The mother said, quote, I went to tell my mother. So the mother said she went to tell her mother, my mother and sister, that Dade was most likely going to have to go back to the hospital. Uh, She said she didn't know her sister was going to go to the police with the information. So it it was the aunt who went to the police. And so apparently he had been in a hospital at one point before This this would seem to imply Um, And he needed to, you know, he needed to go back into the hospital more often like when he would start when he would start writing these stories these violent stories that was a big clue. Um, The mother said this quote this entire year while in prison he has received no treatment of any kind, my son has been in desperate need of mental health this entire year, I am hopeful that he will be allowed to serve his time in Larnard State Hospital, so he will at least finally received the help that he should have gotten in the first place rather than being locked away. I'm not sure what, well, I guess she means now in in jail, Um, but because the wait times to get into Larnard are long, you know, for the evaluation, the judge has delayed sentencing until after the psychiatric evaluation. Um, His mother is concerned that other family members, oh (laughs) yeah, his mother is saying that she's concerned that because of this other family members or other kids will not come forward because they'll be afraid that their children will be placed in jail. Quote, other mothers are struggling not knowing where to turn when their children exhibit warning signs like my son did. Rather than come forward, rather than seeking help, they're going to remember my son and know that if they come forward, their child will be taken and locked away rather than receive help. So they will remain silent and more lives will be lost. This was the reason I was so afraid for so long to ask for help and my worst fears came true. Really lady, Um, that is not the message. That is not the takeaway. The takeaway is that mothers and fathers need to be more aware of signs of mental illness and signs of potential violence and to be more aggressive, assertive in proactive, in getting their children to psychiatrists, to evaluate them, and to do whatever is necessary. Psychotherapy, medication, hospitalization, whatever it is that their particular child needs. And then they wouldn't get to the point where they have to be locked up in jail. That's the takeaway. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your terrorist therapist. Kids.com. terrorism the number four kids.com i'm dr carol your terrorist therapist thank you for listening to the terrorist therapist show on renegade talk radio with your host dr carol we hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer more resilient and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror you can also check out past shows on renegade talk archives for more insights